Cox can help make your home smarter and your life easier. Now you can use your Contour Voice Remote to connect to your home life cameras so you can view them right on your TV screen using simple voice commands. That makes it easy to keep tabs on what's happening around your home right from your couch. Need to keep an eye on the kids when they're playing outside? Just say, show me my backyard camera into your Cox Voice Remote and watch them while you're in the house. And if you're waiting for a delivery and want to make sure it's there on time, no problem. Just say, show me driveway camera to check on it with your Home Life HD cameras on the TV screen while you go about your day. When you live in a home powered by Cox Internet, you can stay connected to what matters and let Cox take care of the rest. To learn more about all the benefits of your connected home, visit cox.com slash thisishome today. Oh, now they need to see my birth certificate. Hmm. Honey! Where do we keep the birth certificates? Why? Buying socks. Socks. I'll check upstairs. It's easy to be unsafe online. You're the best. Now it's easy to help protect yourself. Norton 360 with LifeLock gives you device security, a VPN for online privacy, and identity theft protection. All in one. Opt in to cyber safety. Save 25% or more off your first year at Norton.com news. On this episode, we're going to talk about the Supreme Court reinstating President Trump's travel ban, the NFL giving millions to the Players Coalition to basically try to stop these national anthem protests, a little bit on the Kate Stanley uh, trial verdict, and some tax reform and some Second Amendment. I guess all legislation that's going on right now. And also talk with Joshua Tifo about the Student Action Summit by Turning Point USA. So stick around to this episode of Trend Chat. to another episode of Trend Chat. I'm your host, Brian Bledsoe. And if you want to connect with us, whether on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, it's all the same name, Trend Chat 24-7. And if you want to read some of my articles on politics.com, just go to politics.com slash author slash Brian Bledsoe. And being Christmas time, definitely would like everyone to pick up a copy of Politics, a clearing call to political activism, which is available on Barnes Noble and Amazon with over 300 pages of contributors like myself with articles talking about social issues or political issues, activism, education, healthcare, and more. Um, the article about becoming a national delegate going to the Republican National Convention last year. That's my co- contribution to the book, which is in the section called Activism. So, like I said, definitely would appreciate everyone picking up one of one of those books if like I said before, you know, get five of them, you know. Like I said, it is Christmas time, so go ahead and 
get those Christmas gifts and you know make a book one of <laughs> one of those gifts. So I know I mentioned a number of things I was going to talk about. It probably sounds like well, this sounds like it's going to be an hour long <laughs> podcast with all that, all those topics, which. Well, it can't be because it only be four to five minutes, but and plus we definitely want to get to um, Joshua Tifo to talk about the student action summit. So we're definitely going to get to that. But um, it just uh, all those things are just things that was been on my mind and, you know, things have been going on recently. So I guess I'll just start with something that just happened. At least the news of it was yesterday was that the Supreme Court has reinstated uh, President Trump's travel ban. So I know that it's caused so much, <laughs> so many headlines all this year, you know, by first putting it, <laughs> putting it on and then being blocked and back and forth and going from this judge to this judge. And now it, it went to the Supreme court and now it's been reinstated. So I remember when back when it first was um introduced that there was I guess there was some criticism in how it was presented and okay, maybe that was true, but I really didn't see any problem with the ban itself. I think people just wanted to be outraged with it just because of what countries were named in the in that um uh, executive order but now that we ha- now that it's finally reinstated i don't think this is the end of it i'm pretty sure they're gonna have some i wouldn't be surprised you get some some more judges come out and try to <laughs> try to block it again pretty sure you're gonna have some some states gonna probably not follow uh, what what's the order? The order of um the ban and all that. I can definitely see that happening. Everyone gonna try to make their stand, make their point to make it seem like it's such a discriminatory or such an evil <laughs> um policy. And I, I would say these are the same people that would rather rather play with the national security of our country just to not to appear not I not say appear to be um whether they want to say Islamophobic or whatever because everyone wants to like I said travel travel ban most liberals will call it a Muslim ban. But and so I'm like I said I'm pretty sure there's gonna be others out there. They're gonna be um I, I don't know. I, yeah, th- I I don't think this is over, unfortunately. But and that's pretty much all I really have on it. So that's why what I was saying as far as trying to not going to really get too much into it because honestly I don't think this is the the end of it. Hopefully it is, but unf- yeah, like I said, unfortunately I don't think it is. Now also on Friday we had the verdict in the Kate Stanley trial where an illegal immigrant killed Kate Stanley a couple of years ago and this illegal immigrant was 
he's been deported five times before and was back again. And he said himself that the reason why, because all this happened in San Francisco. And he said himself that the reason why he chose to come back, you know, to go to San Francisco because of the sanctuary city policy where they're, where they won't report illegal aliens to ICE. So he, he said it right there. The reason why as a illegal immigrant, I chose to go somewhere that would not report me, which that's kind of what criminals do. <laughs> they go to the places where they know they won't be found or at least have uh have a culture of the law enforcement, maybe look over, look over them. So, so that's not surprising. It just, it was good to actually get that statement from him to kind of make that point. So now you had him back on the streets and he, well, he killed Kate Stanley. Now the thing about it, people mentioned that, uh, throughout the trial, it, it was uh, considered an accident, which it very well could have been where he um, picked up the gun and then it, it went off and, and it ricocheted and hit Kate Stanley as opposed to kind of like just like um, just willfully, you know, looking at her and you know, wanting to shoot her. Well, OK, that's if that's the case, OK. Still, the point is that this guy shouldn't have been here anyway, because like I said, he's been deported five times. It's funny. Well, not so much funny. It's kind of ironic because you hear of other illegal immigrants who have been deported even more than five times, like 10, 20 times. And it just really shows the how how broken this immigration system is in just not enforcing the laws that we already have because the people was already deported. And then you have all these major cities who tend to want to look the other way when it comes to, you know, turning illegal aliens, especially criminals, turning them over to the proper authorities. But like I said, that being said, that tragic um, event happened to, the Stanley family and Kate Stanley was shot and, and we had this, had the trial and, um, the, the illegal immigrant was found not guilty on murder charges. He had other charges on him. And, but the, the ones that people was focusing on were the murder, the first degree murder, second degree murder, manslaughter, but he was found guilty on possession of a firearm. So, but so he, he did get, he was guilty of something, but the, I, okay. If the fact that it was considered an accident, then the first degree murder taken off. Okay. That's, so that's understandable. Second degree, that's understandable, but manslaughter was also included in those lists of charges. And that's the one thing that for me, I, I don't, understand why at least manslaughter should have been at least charged with that. I felt the evidence that they presented during the trial was enough for manslaughter. 
but he didn't even get charged for, for that. Now, now that the verdict has happened and then ICE put out a statement saying that they are um, pursuing to de- deport, <laughs> to deport um, the this illegal immigrant again um, as soon as they're able to get custody of them. And if, you know, like I said, this man been deported five times already. Now, the fact that he had to go through this trial now and everything that happened, maybe he won't come back because, <laughs> I mean, to be honest, he he really caught a break by not being charged in this case. So he may not come back, but even still, um, with the times that he'd been deported already, I don't see what, what would stop him from, you know, being deported and coming right back to the loving arms of, of, uh, San Francisco again, because why not? Okay. I mean, he already said before that, he, that the reason why he went to San Francisco is because of their sanctuary city policy. So if you do choose to come back, you'll probably just come right back to San Francisco and San Francisco will do what they normally do. And as far as just, um, overlooking the security of their own citizens over illegal immigrants. That's what they're, they basically have stated that. And I'm sure there's so many people that want to mention, well, it's about keeping a, a good rapport with the, with the citizens here to not deport illegal immigrants, to not, to not report to not to not report to ice these illegal immigrants and that's that's just nonsense they just basically want to want to keep a block of people that they will hope in the future one day to vote for them they may not be able to vote now at least legally legally be able to vote for them now but i think they just want to keep them here as much as possible and not only the people themselves but also generations their children and well as well to hopefully in the future just change the demographics of the country to where they can definitely have a a consistent you know lower voting base that's where i see why you know a lot of people who are so adamant in wanting to just want to keep illegal immigrants as much, you know, by any means necessary. But that's where we're at now. And also, I, I wasn't surprised either when I heard the news about it. Disappointing, yeah. But remember, we all talking about California, so it wasn't surprising in that sense because that's California, and a lot of those people. A lot of the citizens in California, are, you know, they agree with a lot of these liberal positions. I mean, if that were wasn't the case, then it wouldn't be such a liberal state, now would it? So to have this verdict go the way it went, like, well, you thought <laughs> you would hope that California maybe had some some sense in having. Know this woman died because of a an illegal immigrant was here. You no, know, 
been de- and, you know, being deported so many times and and if you know if the laws were actually being enforced this wouldn't have happened even if it, even as an accident this wouldn't have happened if you would just enforce the laws that you already have on the books i mean it's not like we're talking about you know new legislation or new one a new law in in effect no just just follow the laws that are already there but they don't even want to do that so it's a like it's a disappointing very disappointing um outcome and but all you know not surprising at all really so yeah that's what well, all i had on on those two things and because i get to the next couple of things after all i guess a couple of words from our friends with the founder project hello trend chat listeners if you like the founding project's civics education video series civics for all ages and our educational meme series we think you will love our new website join us at thefoundingproject.com and be a part of the civics movement the founding project is a 501c3 education nonprofit. Please join us today. So, the NFL has been dealing with these national anthem protests for well now almost two seasons, and Colin Kaepernick is out there getting his awards from every liberal group that <laughs> that wants to hand out awards to everyone who's. I guess so quote unquote brave and courageous and what whatever for for um taking a knee. And while Colin you know, Colin Kaepernick's out there doing that, the NFL had I guess I guess you can say has um cowered or <laughs> well, finally given up and decided to give some some of their funds, some you know, some money to the Players Coalition. It's kind of like this a, a gr- the main group that it came together and wanting to basically negotiate their terms for their for this national anthem protest in a way, kind of in a way holding the NFL hostage. And there was a article a story came out that. The NFL decided to give, I think, well, eighty-six to a hundred million dollars to this coalition to to promote, you know, like social justice. I just put it that way, and I wouldn't be surprised Black Lives Matter get some of this money. Who knows? But it's um, it's going to be a lot of money going towards basically feeding in to the misperception of police brutality or rampant epidemic police brutality or or whatever issues that I think are just being overblown and kind of just being used to just just to further a liberal progressive agenda uh, more so but there's also was a story that some of these players in the coalition actually didn't agree with what the NFL was offering and because I guess because of the way how it was being, how the money was being allocated, and 
it came out that the the money that they were the NFL was planning to use that they were going to give the the these NFL players you know after, like the eighty six to a hundred million, but they were going to take the money from breast cancer you know, awareness. I guess programs or projects they had or, and also the salute to service the um, program. So they're going to take money from those two things and then give that to the players coalition. And you had some, um, some of the players didn't, you know, they didn't like that. Obviously in one sense, because it, that looks bad. <laughs> that would look bad for them because the word gets out that, the NFL took money from breast cancer and troops to give to these players, you know, just for, you know, for their cause or for whatever they want to um, advocate for. And it, I can understand they, they probably didn't want to take that money away, mainly just because of how it looks. Or just even if you support those two causes, you didn't want their money to be taken away just to give them money. So. These NFL players want some new money. <laughs> they want the owners to give them, you know, something in the all on their own. They they want the play, they want the owners to pony up, basically, because right now they were just kind of you know shuffling the money around, but they want the owners to actually pay more money to their cause. They wanted to pay to them, not take it from someone else. Man, honestly, I just I don't think they're this is a exercise in where they will never be satisfied. Um, would, would they get this money? Because some of them said that they're not going to stop protesting, even if they would have got the money. I mean, if I was in the NFL, then what's the point? <laughs> we're really just we're just trying to get this behind us. And you just want to continue to. Um, continue to protest just, you know what forget it um, we just we just go on and try to weather the storm as much as possible and you just don't get any money how about that <laughs> I mean I mean, that's how I would look at it and if I was the owner and I definitely didn't agree with what these protests are about I wouldn't care about you know trying to give them any, any more money I'm like you either take this deal or take nothing and I'm pretty sure the players will be like, well, we'll just continue protesting. And I'll be like, well, fine. As long as you keep running on that field, I really don't care. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I can see a lot of owners feeling that way. I mean, that's how I would say it. <laughs> that's how I would, would say it, you know. But um, so I think in the end they're going to get their money. And who knows? Maybe the owners might give them money. I don't know. It, I don't know how many of these owners feel strongly for or against this whole issue um but I, yeah i i think something's going to happen i think they're going to get the money but but i also think they're going to continue to protest so really i don't know what the owners going to really accomplish if they if they get this deal done with the players with the player coalition just I, I know at this point, and if they're still talking about continuing to protest after they receive it, honestly, I would just try to get the money back and just say, forget it. <laughs> I know they can't do that because so many of these players are caught up in this whole deal and, you know, kind of gotten to the point that you 
got to continue this, <laughs> got to co- continue this whole, you know, movement or whatnot. So I think this is something they're not going to get rid of anytime soon. And well, all you know, the, a lot of a lot of this is basically on the NFL. If they wanted to do something about it, they could have, but they choose not to. So now you're dealing with it. <laughs> so kind of move on to some um, other issues. I know. Well, tax re- reform is still being bandy about in in Congress and also this week I don't know how many people how many of you actually know about this but there's a bill called HR 38 which is the concealed care reciprocity bill which basically is a bill that would make concealed carry you know legal across state lines will basically make your permit you know is legal anywhere else where you don't have to where if you go to one state and go to another state you have to wonder if your license is um it's considered legal in another state this bill would make it legal you know across all 50 states and like that is on the calendar that is going to be voted on this week so I know I've I've gone ahead and called my congressman to give my support for it and I just want to let you know about it so if you want to you can um either call your congressman um in support of it and um yeah like I said I just want to let y'all know about that so with all that being said we're going to get to our, our interview with Joshua and before that let's hear another word from our friends with the Founder Project Hello to fans of Trend Chat and Brian Bledsoe. The Founding Project, an education nonprofit dedicated to civics, invites you to visit our brand new website. Visit us at thefoundingproject.com. Be a part of the civics movement with The Founding Project. The Founding Project is a 501c3 education nonprofit. Please join us today. So, in a couple of weeks in West Palm Beach, it's going to be an event called the Student Action Summit by a great group. (laughs) I've talked to a number of people with this group, and that would be Turning Point USA. And we talked with Joshua um, Tafalt about the event coming up and just wanted to play our interview with him and give you all some more information. Uh, on that and also we talked a little bit about some of the current events that I've just talked about now and so without any further ado here is our interview with Joshua hello this is Trent Chat and we are pleased to have the director of advancement with Turning Point USA Joshua Tinfo with us how you doing I'm living the same how are you doing today doing all right I definitely want to talk about the upcoming student summit coming up in a couple of weeks well it's like two weeks now right uh, yes, everything gets started December 19th and goes for four days uh, here in Palm Beach, Florida. Okay. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that, but it's a couple of other things. I kind of want to talk about current news and some things that are going on. Kind of want to get your opinion on it. And 
well, last week we had the verdict of uh, the Kate Stanley case um, and the, the illegal immigrant who was on trial who was um, found not guilty on on murder. He he was found guilty on one charge of, of possessing a firearm, but that wasn't you know the charge everyone was was looking at. But uh, I just want to kind of want to get your thoughts on um, on that verdict. So Turning Point USA did not take an official stance um, on that situation, but me speaking personally, I was incredibly disappointed but not surprised. In California, we have not seen law and order reign. We've seen that uh, despite a continued spike in violence of many types, uh, the state is not getting serious and doing what it has to do to lock down. It's a very dangerous situation. There are most likely millions of people around California who are undocumented, illegal, whichever terminology you would like to use. And uh, I have a number of friends uh, in the sheriff's departments, police departments, SWAT, uh, over in uh, especially the Southern California area. And it makes their job immensely hard, not only when it comes to basic enforcement of the law, but also prosecuting people afterwards because it adds so many political motives to the situation. Yeah, you know, it's something that I, I mentioned as well that, it, yeah, I wasn't surprised either. Like, like like you said, I was disappointed as well. But, um, yeah, but, but we're talking about California here. So so that's that's the unfortunate part of it. Now, um, also, I know uh, I saw Turner Point, well, at least one of the chapters in Turner Point, um, kind of going to another subject, is um, the, uh, there was an article at Texas State basically saying white people's DNA is an abomination. I kind of want to ask you as far as that, given that one of the chapters posted something about that, I just wanted to get uh, get some more information about that whole whole deal. Uh, Well, from what I've heard, it shows that uh, we allow our chapters a lot of freedom for the issues that they want to comment on and take a stand on. We uh, may only focus on on four main pillars, free market capitalism, limited government, personal liberty, and uh, standing with the nation of Israel. But we also stand for common sense. This is one of those cases where um, if if you're not speaking out against this nonsense, then I I really question uh, your motive politically. And there are a lot of groups that were very silent on this, trying not to step in any toes. But uh, if you were saying that somebody's DNA is an abomination for for any reason, especially skin color, um, I would say that we're dealing with, with a remarkably racist individual or group, and uh, I'm disappointed that uh, more people in the Texas area were not decrying that uh, for the racism that it is. Yeah, I mean, this is not a partial issue. It shouldn't be. I mean, regardless of which race you're talking about, that sort of language should not, you know, definitely shouldn't be accepted. Now, the fact that um, we're definitely for free speech, but what I'm saying is that this should be called out for what it is. And you know, if you if you flip that about any other race, that definitely would be called what it would be accurately called, and that would be racism. Yeah. Well, what would happen if there was uh, any type of similar statement made about anyone who had a, a skin color different than white? You would see that person completely ostracized by society. They would lose their job and be kicked out of school and be vilified by the nation and maybe the world. Um, And I would even say rightfully so. In our age of social media, we have a wonderful opportunity to um, expose evil in a way that just was not possible for most of human history. And those blatant racist ideologies 
whether they're targeting whites, whether they're targeting blacks, whether they're targeting Latinos. Uh, we need to aggressively fight as a society because they will hold us back remarkably. Yeah, definitely agree with you on there. And um, we're kind of speeding through some of the uh, some of the current events. We want to just um, talk a little bit about each one. But right now we have the tax reform bill, which was passed in the Senate on late, well, early Saturday morning, and haven't got through it all yet. Still not finished and to get on President Trump's desk, but making progress so far, at least. Um, and I would say the good kind of progress. I just want to ask you as far as the bill and I mean, I just said for myself, I I definitely would say that it, you know, it could be better. There could be other things in there as well, but it definitely is a step in the right direction. Yeah, I agree with you there, and it can always be better. And um, as you probably know, um, ideologically, I'm a I'm a pretty crazy Rand Paul style um, conservatarian. So I I wish that we could have cut the the taxes even lower for middle class, and even lower for the upper class, and even lower for the lower class, but. That's just not going to happen. The big win, uh, first of all, is the corporate tax being slashed because all of those businesses and all of those repatriated funds are going to help everybody, whether you are poor or rich or right there in the middle class. It's going to help all Americans tremendously. Uh, And secondly, I love the way that it uh, aggressively aids um, not only people in the middle class, but people uh, a little bit below that who want to make it up to the middle class with – pretty severe lessening of the tax burden. And this is why Democrats are going crazy. This is why you see Democrats like Kamala Harris who are outright lying about the results of the plan, saying that for most middle-class Americans, this is going to actually cause them to pay more in taxes, which is a blatant lie. Uh, The Democrats, they say that they're for the little guy, and then the Republicans are the ones who actually deliver for those of us who are fighting to to get up to the middle class. So uh, politically, uh, this is also a, a big win for the Republicans. Yeah, and now don't want to count our chickens before they hatch, as they say, because I mean, even though we may be close, we still got to keep you know vigilant on it because um, there's a banana peel in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that, that is true. But the president just has to sign it. The White House really got what they wanted here, and as much as I don't like the division in the Republican Party, uh, both sides of uh, the Republican ideological spectrum support this for different reasons. So uh, this was the one obvious win the Trump administration was supposed to have, and I'm glad that we're about to uh, put the rubber stamp on it. And talking a little bit about taxes, um, I do remember one of the posters Turner Point puts out, and it says taxation is stealth. <laughs> I know I've mentioned it um, a few times on the podcast, and I, I just want to ask, what, what does Turner Point, um, their position... I mean, obviously, it is taxation itself, but kind of explain that for some people because some when they hear that, they're like, well, we pay taxes, but you know, like it's something that we all should be should just accept. <laughs> well, we definitely don't mean that uh, we should get rid of all taxes and should live in a society of anarchy, but rather uh, we should be doing everything that we can to minimize taxes to the the highest possible level. Um, taxes should be only for the most necessary uh, and and so in the most localized way possible. And uh, we want to ingrain in our generation the idea that when the government takes money from its citizens, it's taking money from its citizens. That's that's our money that the government is seizing, and sometimes it's necessary for things like the national defense or for very basic things like roads, as socialists love to argue. 
But uh, unfortunately, most of our tax money does not go to that. And it drives me crazy when millions of Americans uh, act so joyfully towards the government when they get their tax return, when they get money back, they think the government's giving them a gift. No, the government, it, it stole too much of your money. It seized too much of your money. And then we get excited that some of it's being given back. <laughs> that's, uh, that's not how it works. So yeah, we would I, like to flip. We would like to flip the script on that narrative. Yeah, I don't know if you saw uh, Bernie Sanders' tweet right after the um, uh, the bill was passed early Saturday. I don't know when it was when it was on Saturday, but he basically said that uh, trillions of dollars were stolen from the American people. And you know, when I read that, I'm like, "Well, you can't steal what's not yours. I mean, it's not your money. <laughs> so why you can't uh, be stealing that is fantastic. it? Fantastic! I love it. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. You know, I don't want to take up too much of your time, so I definitely want to give time to um, talk about the upcoming um, student. So hold on, is it what is it called? The Student Action Summit, correct? The student, the Student Action Summit. So okay. formerly we called it Winter in West Palm Beach. It's basically our big end of year conference. Um, it's our third annual. So we had the first one with around 350 students. The next one with uh, around 800 students last year, and this one. Uh, we'll probably be pretty close to 3,000 uh, high school and college students. And the best part is applications are still open. So here are just a few of the speakers uh, that we will be uh, expecting. And really, this is the, the craziest lineup that I have seen lately. I'm just going to read out some of the homeowners. Donald Trump Jr., Laura Trump, Charlie Kirk, Judge Jeanine Pirro, Dinesh D'Souza, Dennis Prager, Tommy Lauren, Jesse Waters, Joe Walsh, Lawrence B. Jones, Candace Owens, Governor Scott Walker, Greg Gutfeld, Ben Shapiro, Antonio Okafor, Brian Kilmeade, Sebastian Gorka, The Mooch, Joe Villa, Lisa Booth, and Guy Benson. Those are just the headliners. We'll add more um, as the event nears and also have uh, a number of additional speakers in the breakout sessions. So uh, this event costs nothing except for a $25 registration fee for qualified high school and college activists. Basically, if you've done work for the conservative movement on campus or you wish to next semester, uh, you apply at tpusa.com slash SAS, and uh, everything will be taken care of. Uh, this is a pretty unique opportunity within the conservative movement, and with 3,000 vetted activists uh, who will be arriving, uh, this should be the largest uh, young conservative event of its kind, four days long, December 19th to 22nd. And uh, we hope that all of you listening uh, can take advantage of this opportunity. Again, that is tpusa.com slash SAS. Now, I know obviously about Turner Point USA, but I, I always still come across people that don't know what Turn the point, you know, their mission and everything. So kind of tell what people can expect from this summit and I guess in the same kind of tell them about Turn the Point in whole. Absolutely. So you can expect uh, a very high energy four days featuring the speakers I said before, um, alongside uh, between with the, the students and the special guests, uh, between 3,000 and 3,500 fired up young conservatives of all types, people who are hardcore traditional Republicans, people who are hardcore um, card-carrying libertarians, uh, a lot of conservatarians in the middle, uh, people that are part of the conservative movement for a number of different reasons. It's going to be uh, pretty beautiful, the diversity we're going to see as far as diversity of background, diversity of ethnicity, and diversity um, of thought process. So um, I hope that you all can make it out. Uh, turning point, 
uh, started five years ago in Charlie Kirk's garage in Chicago. We stand on originally three pillars, free market capitalism, limited government, and personal liberty. We added a fourth recently, uh, standing with the nation of Israel, due to the blatant anti-Semitism that we were coming across on campus. And past that, we let students argue about it, debate about it. For example, uh, one of our uh, most likely best attend breakout debates will be um, Jeff Hunt and Austin Peterson debating the legalization of marijuana. So that's one issue, for example, we don't take a stand on because our students debate and uh, fall on different sides of the issue. Uh, so we do everything that we can to foster and to train a spirit of true uh, conservative activism in the movement. And after that, we uh, we let students figure it out for themselves. And uh, it will be a, a really fun event if you're a diehard conservative. All right. And... And what was the the deadline for everyone to apply for this for the summit? And also, um, where can they get you on social media and, and as well as Turn a Point? Absolutely. So I do not know exactly. I know that applications are filling up, so could be tomorrow, could be a little bit later. So I would say if you're listening to this, apply as soon as you can in the next five minutes. Uh, you can find me at Joshua Tifo, T H I F A U L T on Twitter and on Instagram, and uh, on Facebook, same thing. Uh, should just be facebook.com slash Joshua Tito, T-H-I-S-A-U-L-T. And lastly, if you would like to support this event financially, as the reason why it only uh, costs a $25 registration fee for activists is because donors are paying for almost all of this event through tax-deductible donations. Um, if you're interested in that, uh, please go to tpusa.com slash donate. And uh, I would love to speak with you about uh, supporting some of these students for the event. All right. Thanks so much for your time. All right. Thank you so much, Brian. Have a great day. Yep. And thanks to Joshua for joining us. And just um, also want to say with the the events coming up on the coming up pretty soon on the 19th around that time. And, you know, if you want to attend that down in West Palm Beach, even though they don't have a, a specific date right now as far as the deadline, but at least a, a week from now, you should be good as far as um, submitting a application. But I will say don't wait until then. If um, you're interested, just go ahead and uh, head over to tpusa.com and, and put in your application as soon as possible. So, you know, and unfortunately, I was able to be at the Young Women's Leadership Summit in Dallas earlier this year, but I know I won't be able to make that down there. Unfortunately, I would, wouldn't, would love to take part in, you know, getting some interviews or whatever like that for, for the podcast, but hopefully everyone down there have a good time. And like I said, the people, you know, if you are interested, you know, put your application in now. And like I said, you know, 25 bucks for, that's about it. Uh, for all, all of that that you would normally get at this event with the speakers and um, training and resources, the, it's, <laughs> can't get any better than that. So, so that's that's it for this for this episode, and just appreciate everyone listening in. And on Thursday, I can well, I can say right now we'll have someone with second vote, which is a kind of you can say conservative watchdog of retailers to 
to let people know where these retailers spend their money um, on whether they give to liberal, you know, liberal groups or 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 neutral or if they give to conservative groups. And so we'll have someone with um, second vote talk about that and their naughty a nice list that they put out every year around this time. So if you're interested in that, you know, just tune in on Thursday and until then, we'll chat with you later. Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today. 833-687-0700. 833-687-0700. Zero seven zero zero. Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today. 833-687-0700. 833-687-0700. Zero seven zero zero.